Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Today's show, I mean, come on now, Josh Dobbs is in town, Arizona Cardinals quarterback. Everybody thought this wouldn't happen, but Josh Dobbs, Jamie Foxx, what do they have in common? I'll tell you that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We got a a loaded show today. We got some good, and then we got some bad. We got the Vikings, and then we got to talk about the Gophers. We also have the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Myself, Sam Extra, my producer, he's going to join me in just a bit. But before we do, I want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150. Hundred and fifty dollars. That's one five zero in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. Trust me, I did it. So find the easy ones, people. There are some out there. I took the Denver Nuggets over the Lakers five and a half points. Nuggets won by five, or sorry, won by six, and they covered. Lakers almost scared me, but I got that as well. And that's a hundred and fifty bucks, people. If your team wins, just visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started. Well, I want everybody to know today's show, like I said, we got to talk about Josh Dobbs. We got to talk about P.J. Fleck and the Gophers because there's something going on fundamentally that I think has to change. I don't know if the Gophers will change it. Um, I think P.J. Fleck is one of the most loyal coaches I've ever seen in my life. When you think about the loyalty he's had to older players, the loyalty he's had to coaches, uh, and sometimes, sometimes that loyalty can bite him in the butt, and we know that. But we also have to talk about Josh Dobbs. But I want you guys to know you can find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all of your favorite shows. Again, Roku, you just search it. I've done it. It's super simple. Search Locked On Sports. You'll see Minnesota. Just find our logo, down it right, download it right there to your TV. And same with the Roku device. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. The app will pop right there. But when you open up, anytime you open up your Amazon Fire Roku device, uh, you can get all of our shows. Well, as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom. Sam, uh, Joshua Dobbs. He came to town and nobody thought, like we all talked about it even on the pregame show. I'm talking about not one, not two, not trice. Not four, not cuatro, not cinco, not six, not siete. Was it ocho, nueve, diez? I know I count the ten in Spanish. Oh, my daughter will be proud of me. Uh, but when you <laughs> think about that, Sam, everybody on the panel, I'm talking about Gabe Henderson, Pete Bursage, Don Mitchell, Mark Rosen, uh, Ahmad Hicks. I'm pretty sure Reggie Wilson was on board for this one as well because I saw him, Gabe, and Ahmad take a picture together. So I'm going to throw Reggie Wilson in there. Nobody thought we would see Josh Dobbs because that was the question is like, is Josh Dobbs going to play today? And everybody a resounding. No, the only way I thought he would play. And I did say this. I was the one person that said, I think we'll see him if they're winning by 21 points. And then Ahmad, everybody laughed at me. Well, we did see him. So I kind of was right, but not the way. Now I said, Jamie Foxx, 
I said Jamie Foxx, right? So I got to pay off the tease. I'm going to pay off the tease. Sam. Yes. We know you're not a movie guy. But not a movie guy. Movie any given Sunday. Uh, well, not. let me answer this way. Have I seen every given Sunday? Any given Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> every so you, given Sunday. I clearly have not seen it. No. So any given Sunday is the movie. Uh, it's a movie with uh, Dennis Quaid. Uh, Jamie Foxx is the star of the show. You also have Al Pacino playing the head coach. Uh, you also have Cameron Diaz. Uh, she's the owner's daughter. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a it's a really you got Lawrence Taylor in there. But Sam, here's the correlation between the two. In this movie, Dennis Quaid plays Cap Rooney. He's the captain, Jack Rooney. He gets hurt. Their backup has to go into the game. He goes into the game. Within like two to three plays, the backup gets hurt as well. And so the whole joke in that moment, because he was in, boom, and then he's out. And even the trainer is like, what did he do? Fall off his golf cart? How did he get hurt? You know, so they <laughs> run out there and get him. So now Jamie Foxx, the third quarterback option, goes out there. First couple plays, absolute chaos. I think he had a strip sack fumble. Um, you know, he might have thrown an interception. Who knows? Just absolute that's very Josh Dobbsian. Thank that's you. Exactly Just what re, happened. Re, that's what I'm saying. Like this literally is yeah. a movie. Josh Jobs just yeah. did any given Sunday without even realizing it. That's why I feel like we're in a simulation. Like, like God kind of was like, "Look, let me just hit reset on this." And I don't know what to do with the Vikings. All right, let's let's throw the any given Sunday script on the Vikings. Like I don't know what to do. Maybe the NFL wrote this script. This might have been in the script, and we didn't know this was coming. Like they were like, you know what? I really like any given Sunday. Let me get the script writers involved. That's why, you know, like when Kirk Cousins went to the script reading, remember Kirk Cousins was like, really? Like, do I get to take my shirt off? And they're like, I don't know. If you want to take your shirt off for an Achilles tear, fine. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So when you think about this script being written, Jamie Foxx eventually after that game does what he does. He runs around, makes a couple plays, runs around, makes a throw, runs around, scores. And then all of a sudden, you know, this is their, this was their celebration was the shark. They were the Sharks, the the Miami Sharks. And so the correlation between Jamie Foxx and Josh Job, third-string quarterbacks, nobody expects them to be be winners, can do it with their legs, can do it with their arms, doesn't always do what the coach says because he doesn't know the playbook because they even asked him, like, dude, do you even know the playbook? He's like, no, I don't know the playbook. He's like, all right, man, just go out here and do this. Um, A running back probably that wants the ball at times and the quarterback's going to keep it because that was LL Cool J and Jamie Foxx. They got into an actual real fight. Sam, if you've heard that story, like it was a fight in the movie that became a real fight in real life because Jamie Foxx does a stand up comedy show about that. He was like, you know, he's like, wow. Yeah, he's like reading the script. He's like in the script. It says da 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 da. And then he said LL like started and he's like, whoa, whoa, this this dude is for real. Like this is a movie. He's like, you're not a running back. I'm not a quarterback. You're a rapper. I'm an actor, comedian, like calm down and then they got into a real fight though he said like this dude really like swung on me like he really like this is not in the script and he really hit me and so (laughs) and so i think i think because something happened to ll like he got hit or something he had to get stitches they actually ended up putting in the movie they just had to write it up a different way but like him and jamie fox get into a real fight ll has to get stitches and then when he gets to the uh when he gets to the training room and sees he has like has to get stitches he like gets mad all over again and wants to go fight Jamie Foxx. Like, you really hit me. But in actuality, they really did go into a fight. They end up making up, but you know, Jamie Foxx is talking about how LL really like got into the mode of like, I'm an NFL running back that's not happy. But Josh Dobbs does that. He does exactly what Jamie Foxx does. 
And so when you think about that, his ability to run, his ability to throw, his ability to captivate America, not just Minnesota, Ryan Clark, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, uh, Pat McAfee, everybody was captivated, captivated by Josh Dobbs. And so I don't know if he has a bigger purpose, he has a bigger goal, what's going on, but he has captivated, like they're selling his jerseys now. I wonder how many 15s I'm going to have to count, like the number of 15s I pass. I'm going to do a 15 counter, and we'll talk about it next week on the show, uh, how many 15s I saw at the game. Um, but he's taking over in the short term, and that's what Jamie Foxx did in the movie. And then there's a, uh, if you go to my Twitter, it's three Ron Johnson on X. Um, I, I tweeted out like a short clip of the video of Jamie Foxx's music video he did. I'm like, that's Josh Jobs. Like I was joking around about Jaron Hall and people were like, oh no, he's a Mormon. That doesn't work. And I'm like, you're right. And I'm like, I don't know how else we can get to that movie though. And then boom, Josh Dobbs. He gives us the movie we need. He can, he can go out there and be Jamie Foxx, take his shirt off, wear a gold chain. So that's the correlation. The biggest thing in the end, Miami, uh, I won't ruin the movie for you, Sam. They end up making it pretty mm -hmm. far in the playoffs, blah, blah. There's some conversations about contracts and, and going to a different team and staying with this team, creating a new organization. So I don't know if the correlation down the road is going to be there uh, as far as Josh Dobbs becoming like a, 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 a franchise quarterback for another program. And Kirk Cousins, as Cap Rooney, Dennis Quaid, just comes back and runs the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but very, very uh key correlations between the two being the third string quarterback coming in and winning the game but what were your thoughts on josh Dobbs seeing him operate sunday yeah i was floored by how good his delivery was on a lot of throws which i mean the the running is one thing that's improvisational that's just instinct it i guess it didn't it didn't shock me that he was able to run with it though he right. ran really really well but I thought that he was on target. It seemed like he actually had kind of an, an understanding of where guys were going to be on the field. And I thought he was fairly accurate with his arm. Uh, he threw on the run at times, including that huge two-point conversion in the second half. So uh, props to, to Kevin O'Connell for talking him through that on the fly, the quarterback's coach for getting him up to speed a little bit, and obviously Dobbs for executing. It takes someone like you got to be cold-blooded, Ron, to go out there, get a safety, fumble twice, and to not totally melt, right? He could have just shriveled up into a shell and got in the fetal position. But he showed up in the second half and balled out after terrible adversity mm -hmm. early on. Uh, that takes some impressive mental makeup. I'm So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does going forward. And I'm worried too, Ron, that this is the – like I'm worried that this is – his Everest and he's conquered Ooh. it and it's all downhill from here. Like, Ooh. can he sustain this? Mm. Because this is pretty impressive. I'm worried that we're going to crash down to earth after such a big emotional win. That's my concern. Well, th this is the one thing about the saints that I think we were all worried about new Orleans saints travel to Minnesota. They made jokes all off season. Not they cam Jordan made jokes about, Kirk Cousins, and he is connected to the Minnesota Vikings because of his dad, Steve Jordan. Oh, that's what we, we should ask Steve Jordan on this week. I didn't even think about that. Let me, I'm going to reach out to Steve Jordan. Now that mm -hmm. I remember that, I totally forgot this was Saints week and we told him we would reach out to him. <laughs> so I'll reach out to him and see what his thoughts are if he's coming to town. Uh, but when you, when you think about Cam Jordan's connection to Minnesota, he knows of Kirk Cousins and knows Kirk Cousins pretty well. They've been in the league together for a while now. Um, and he said, I don't know if people saw the, the whole clip. But he said, you know, he's talking to defensive linemen, talking about uh, making the wrong decision fast, 
Coach can learn with that. We can teach you the right decision because you're moving fast. Making the wrong decision slow, and then you're out of here. Making the right decision fast, you're going to get paid because you're moving fast and you're doing it right. Or making the right decision slow. He said we call that a Kirk Cousins. And so in his mind, he's like, Kirk Cousins is not a quick thinker. He's not fast on his feet. He's not moving fast. He's not going to run with the ball and hit you and kill you with a throw. He's not Jalen Hurts, you know, is what he's trying to get at. We don't have Kirk Cousins, but we do have a guy by Josh Dobbs. And the one thing about the Saints, we knew they were going to come after Kirk Cousins because you don't say that. And then your defensive coordinator hasn't already like made you feel that whenever you're playing Kirk Cousins. Hey, we're going to blitz him. We're going to do this. We're going to get after him. Even though Kirk Cousins went down to New Orleans and beat them. So was that throw to Kyle Rudolph a slow right decision? If it was, I'll take that. Like he daggered them twice. Like the throw to Adam Thielen. Dagger. Like whatever you want to say. That's a slow right decision. Fine. But now you get Josh Dobbs. And so you got a team that probably was planning on blitzing the crap out of Kirk Cousins, trying to make him speed up his thought process, and they don't they don't think he's good at it. But now you got a guy in Josh Jobs that can hurt him with his with his legs. He's a guy that can get outside the pocket. But you're right. Is that his Everest? Is that the highest we're going to see of Josh Jobs? Is that the best we're going to get of Josh Jobs? I hope not because that was only 158 yards throwing. Even though he threw 30 times, he only got 158 mm-hmm. yards out of it. He did get two touchdowns, and he ran for one. But 158 yards to me – I hope that's not Everest. I hope we see a 250 because I don't think he needs to be or will be a 300 yard passer. Like, I don't think that's in. He runs the ball too well to say you need to throw the ball 300 yards. Now, run after the catch, some big JJ plays down the road. Yeah, I can see 300 yards in this in his future. But give me 250, 250 with your arm, 50 with your legs. He's over 300 yards combined. That could be that could be a recipe for success with Josh Dobbs. Kevin O'Connell. With what? Three days of working with him? 40 seconds of talking to him on the sideline before he has to go out there? Maybe 10 minutes? And that's what we get? Now you get a whole week. You had a Monday? Because I'm pretty sure they were together yesterday. I know they were together. They're together today for sure. They're going to be together tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. The best thing that happened in Minnesota was they don't have to travel this week. So he can go over to the hotel room, go to dinner with your family. Hey, I'll meet you at the hotel Let's let's link up some more. Let's sit in the little film room and go over this. Boom, because they're standing at the Omni anyway out in Egan. So he can say, hey, let's go over to because Omni's right across the street from the facility. So it's not like they got to pack up all the stuff and go, hey, we're going to meet in our building and then we're just going to go sleep in the hotel. So me and you, let's go meet in our building and watch more film. Hey, let's walk. They can even go out to the field for a walkthrough because they do do the walkthrough there anyway. But they can go for a walkthrough in the indoor and say, hey, this is I want to walk you down the field. This is what I'm thinking. So. Who knows what Kevin O'Connell's going to – and Kevin O'Connell's seeing his legs now? Yo, 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 play action. You got three options now, bro. You don't have just one. You got under route, you got over route, and then you got run. That's your three options. Kirk Cousins is probably over under, check down the running back. His is over under, throw the ball. Or, sorry, run the ball. So, I, I think Josh Dobbs, I hope this is not his efforts. I hope there's a bigger thing than 150 yards passing. But he gets the home crowd. The defense gets the home crowd. Brian Flores' defense has been getting turnovers at a very high clip. But also the Vikings have been turning the ball over. So that's what's also kind of weird. Like as many turnovers as Flores has created, if the offense could have held on a half of those, half, half. Sam, they'd be like a plus. No, sorry. They'd be minus. They'd still be in the minus, but they'd be like, no, sorry. Yes, minus. They'd be minus three, I think is what the number was they said. 
minus three, Sam. If the offense can hold on to half of their turnovers, the defense will be minus mm-hmm. three, which is a little bit more. I think right now they're like minus eight in the Turk give. Yeah. Like that's horrible. You can't be minus eight in the take give. So when you when you think about this team, the amount of fumbles we've seen from different people, different quarterbacks, you know, Josh Jobs taking a safety. It is what it is, but we got to move on to the Gophers. Spent a lot of time on the Vikings, but why not? It's Josh Dobbs in the winter. We'll spend a little time on the Gophers because when you lose, you don't want to beat a dead horse. I'm not a fan of beating dead horses, Sam, but we have a word from our sponsor. We come back. We're going to talk about P.J. Fleck and can he get out of the Minnesota nice type of mantra around the building? Coming up next. Yeah, let me tell you about the new promotion going on right now at FanDuel. This is a great deal because it does force you to win a bet, but it forces you to choose wisely with your first bet. If you're a new customer, you can get $150 in bonus bets if you win a $5 money line wager. This is money lines. This isn't spreads. So you can go find a minus 400. You can find a lopsided matchup if you want. You could take the Bengals minus 335 against the Texans. You could take the Cowboys minus 1500 against the Giants, 16 and a half point favorites. That could be a winner for you. That could get you $150 of bonus bets into your account. And then once you've got that, then you can put it on the spreads, put it on the player props, put it on the futures, bet your Super Bowl champion, all of the above available for you at fanduel.com slash locked on or the very convenient, easy to use FanDuel Sportsbook app. Check it out for all the lines, all the leagues, all the games, dozens of ways to wager each week, an official partner of the NFL. Well, Sam, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. We already know what's going on with the Gophers. They didn't win again. Had another chance to close out a game. Couldn't do it. Four-minute offense. That's all was needed, Sam. Four-minute offense. Now, defensively, Tyler Newbin um, was great to see Cody Lindenberg back. Like, he's making plays again. He's the second game back. Uh, it sucks they couldn't have him the whole year. Not to say I think he'd be a difference maker in the Northwestern game, but I think he'd have been a difference maker in the Northwestern game. Uh, he plays at a different speed at linebacker. You kind of forget, too. I don't know if you noticed this. You forget how good players are until they come back. Like, I watched him against uh, Michigan State and him deciphering the play right away, and, and it was an out route, kind of a uh, – not an out route, sorry. It was a flat route to the running back, kind of like a bubble screen to the running back. Cody Lindenberg moved so fast. The offensive lineman that was coming up to block him and they were supposed to block the middle linebacker didn't even have a shot. He he had a – you know, he got a four-yard loss like that. You fast forward, they run a receiver screen. Same thing, boom. He's between the defenders so quick they have no shot at it. You look at the Illinois game, boom. He's through there so quick they can't get anything done. But down the stretch of the Illinois game, I don't know if you noticed it, Sam, but what really got me going was the fact of the coverage being the same the entire stretch and the blitz being the same where they rushed three and then number 92 kind of delayed blitz every time and he was just a half second late. If you're a half second late once, I get it. If you're a half second late twice, okay. But the third time, Like, you know what they're going to do. They're going to step up in the pocket, try to create a little bit more time to get a ball down the field because they want to, they want, they don't have timeout. So they need to get a first down in order to stop the clock. So back up to the 10, 
yard spot, make them catch it in front of you, and then tackle them, and then let the clock run out. Same thing with the the the, the end of the gameplay. Nobody should get behind you. Nobody should get behind you. There's no reason to keep trying to make. You already made one interception to get the ball back for your offense. And they did nothing with it. Tyler Newbin, he's made the play eight times out of ten this season. Those two times, that champ, the 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 the, the ball for the for the touchdown there against Illinois. He did it again against Northwestern. Same thing. He ran out to the left, and the guy came right behind him, ran a post. I guarantee Brett Billman had been watching that the whole time. Like, hey, when they're in this coverage at the end of the games. That safety 27, he's going to get a little bit like hero. He wants to be the hero. And so it bit him in the butt again. Now, P.J. Fleck, in my opinion, I think the offensive coordinator role needs to move over to either just Matt Simon or they need to let Matt Simon maybe do a game and see what they get out of it versus Greg Harbo. Not to say Harbo's not doing a great job. This is the thing. Some of the balls are there. This is the first time we see Brevin Span Ford make plays. This is the first time we've seen Corey Crooms, Elijah Spencer have solid games. Uh, but even the two-point conversion play to me was dumb. Like you have some of the biggest, best weapons and you want to run a double reverse pass back to your quarterback. I get it. The Philly special, everybody. No, it doesn't work to the short side of the field and it doesn't work with the receiver that doesn't want to throw the ball. Uh, quarterback, tight end pout pass. All he has to do is hit the tight end in the stomach. He throws it a fastball over his head. Just relax and calm down and make the throw. But that's just youth. That's just youth. I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm pissed off. I feel like Illinois and Northwestern were winnable games. This should be a nine and three team going to the Big Ten championship, mm-hmm. and now we're just playing for bowl position. That's basically what we're doing now. We're and we're hoping maybe if we can beat Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Purdue, we're hoping that some other teams lose so we can get back in it. But that's not the way I want to go down the stretch. So I'm not even talking about that. Like mathematically, are they in it? Yeah, but do we want to talk about that? No, that's frustrating because you should just be you should just won the game. You're supposed to win. Northwestern Illinois, you're supposed to win. Iowa. Wisconsin, we said split with one of them. You already got one. So now you could have split if you just won the other games. Uh, you beat a team that nobody thought you could beat, which was Iowa. Now you might be able to beat Ohio State. Well, nobody thought you would beat Michigan. They didn't. Nobody did. Nobody thought you would beat Michigan. Nobody thought you would beat North Carolina either. Like that was one if you got it. Great. If you don't, they have Drake May. But it's just frustrating to where they are now. Uh, Sam, I don't know what your thoughts on the Gophers, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it wasn't it last year where they uh, they lost to Iowa in the big game, and then they followed it up beating Wisconsin, and it's like, oh, yeah, why couldn't you have just beaten Iowa? Now I feel like they're going to beat Ohio State after blowing that game. They're going to beat Ohio State, and it's not going to matter. They're still not going to win the Big Ten West. Um, right. th- this team, Ron, just lacks a killer instinct in the worst way. Yeah, like you've got a lead in the second half. These are the this is the yardage you had on all of your drives in the second half. Minus three, five, four, 16, 17. Wow. Uh, this touchdown, 34 yards, two plays, 34 yards there. Uh, and then six and then zero. Like you had three or four or five play drives for the most part. Actually, you didn't have a drive longer than five plays in the second half. Um, the offense took advantage of a couple short fields, but even then, like you inherit the ball at the 12 yard line early in the third quarter after a fumble mm-hmm. and you go backwards. Th- mm-hmm. This is a problem with the Gophers. They don't know how to, to step on a team. Uh, they don't know how to put a team away and they let Illinois hang around. 
They didn't do anything in the second half offensively. Mm-hmm. And I guess you kind of get what you, what you deserve a little bit in the end. But to have them backed up fourth and 11 with a backup quarterback mm-hmm. and then have him go 90 yards on you in three plays, it's it's one of the worst I've seen, Ron, and I've seen some bad ones. I mean, this is up there with the the botched punt in the end zone against Wisconsin, blown lead against Michigan, you know, 20 years ago. Like, th- this is in the pantheon of bad, bad losses. Yeah, and that's the sentiment for a lot of alumni, um, some more harsh than others. Um, but mediocrity is the word they were using. Now, in my opinion, I don't think it's mediocre. I will say less than stellar. Um, and they were just saying like, period, ever since Glenn Mason. And I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to fire back. I'm like, look, I get it. Sixties and seventies were the last time, you know, you had some championships and some national championships with Bobby Bell. So at one point the Gophers were there, but when I played, Iowa wasn't considered great. Um, Ohio state was up and down, uh, cause the one year they were six in the country. And then the year after that, they weren't. They were, oh no, sorry, the year before that, they were 20th and we beat them. No, 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 sorry, they beat us. They beat us by like, I don't know, I think 20 to 17. And they were 20th in the country. But then they lost to like Michigan, Michigan State, I forgot who else, but that was the same year Michigan State and Michigan both won 10 games. That's back with Plaxico Burris. We remember those days, Michigan State playing Florida in the uh, Citrus Bowl, Michigan going to the Rose Bowl. Like you got to think about Charles Woodson uh, was a senior the year before I got there. So that was a really good team. You had Tom Brady at quarterback so people forget about that era of michigan michigan state that rivalry michigan and ohio state was kind of little brother to michigan uh which michigan's kind of getting back to that where they're kind of holding ohio state over the fire um you had drew Brees at purdue you know we we went down to the wire in overtime with purdue we had they had drew or sorry we lost by five they had drew Brees. uh we took wisconsin to overtime they had the heisman trophy winner and ron dane this is 1999 if it was a 12 game season we'd be nine and three we went eight and three that year, but we would be nine and three because there would have been 12 game and we probably won that one because we would have played a different Big Ten team. We played all the we had six Big Ten teams we played that year that were in the top 25. And, and the only three that beat us were ranked teams. The rest of the Big Ten teams, we beat Penn State because uh, that was the year we beat them um, and, at Penn State, you know, blah, blah. They were number two in the country. Again, that was a ranked Penn State team. Think about that. We played the number two team in the country. We played the 12th team in the country. We played the 20th, the 22nd, and the 18th ranked team in the country that year. And we also played the 24th, I think, ranked team, which is Northwestern, and we beat them. Like, we played nothing but ranked teams that year, and we beat them. We played Michigan State, beat them, and they were ranked, and they won 10 games that year. So you can say what you want, but we were considered one of the better teams that year defensively. We had one of the best. We had the top two defense in the country, top two special teams team in the country. Um, so it was there. Then you get Marion and Maroney. You start recruiting all these NFL guys. You had Ben Hamilton go to the league. You know, I can go down the list. Eric Decker and blah, blah. Devondre Campbell. So we've had the guys, but people are like, oh, well, how come we're not winning Big Ten championships? It was a different era. It was hard to win a Big Ten championship back then. Now you can win it by just winning your West. That's going away. But to say mediocre, I've never agreed with that because I'm like, you know what? You can't say it's mediocre when you talk about the number of guys and how we played it. If you want to say your team was mediocre, because one of the groups in this alumni argument, their team could be considered mediocre because they went one in freaking 11 with Tim Brewster. So you might feel mediocre because you guys went one in 11. Not us. We never did that. We never played that bad. 
y'all play like hot garbage. And then you want to now carry that hurt, that hate, uh, that disappointment of the losses. Cause that group also was a part of the reason why Mason got fired uh, because they lost some games. Like you said, pantheon of, of losses being up. They lost some big the, games. The in Texas bowl games. tech bowl game is the one yes. that got Mason thrown out. Yep. 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 And that was uh Michael Crabtree, I think. Right. And, and Cliff Kingsbury. That sounds the... right. That sounds so, right. Yeah. Like my year was uh Philip Rivers. The year before that was Joy Harrington. Now, again, I'm saying names of names, and these are great guys and great teams. We Corn Robinson and Philip Rivers. You know, Corn Robinson, everybody remembers him. He came to Minnesota, uh, alcoholic, but he came. Um, but but you look at all that, you look at the the way Mason lost some of those games, being conservative, ultra conservative down the stretch. Uh, like North Carolina State, we should have blown out. We were up 24 to three at halftime. Should have blown them out. Mason ran Tellus Redmond into the ground in the second half. 46 carries him in the game. 46. I think that was like a, uh, I think that was a bowl game, Big Ten record uh, for number of carries in a game. 46, Sam. 46 carries in a game. And because he was so ultra conservative and because he was trying to run the clock out and thought like, let me not keep putting the, my foot on the pedal and throw ball. I had two catches, Sam, in the first quarter, first half. 85 yards. 85 yards, Sam, on two catches. Daggers. What does he do? Never throws them to me again. Never threw, never even looked my way. I never even got a target, not a hitch, not a slant. I don't know if you ever seen that uh, meme of the uh, Tiger King where he's like, not a, I, I called you three times in the ringer one, not a F you, you didn't come yeah. check on me. Yeah, like that's yeah, how I felt. That. Not a hitch, not a slant, not a, hey, here's a bubble screen. You just had two catches for 85 yards. I just needed one more catch for 100 yards in a bowl game. Like one more catch would have got me 62 yards. One more catch would have probably gotten me another record. No, let's tie the record with 61 catches instead of getting 62. Let's 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 not continue to, to put a, a, a bow on this thing. Nine, I, I averaged like 18 and a half yards that season. 18 and a half. That was a ridiculous average. I could have had at least 1,600 yards. But no, 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 you don't want to keep throwing the ball. You wanted to run the ball 46 times to close out games, and that's why we lost. So I get that, the conservative side, the ultra-conservative side, Sam. But with the, with the Gophers and P.J. Fleck, I think – I'm going back to the Minnesota nice side of it. You think about Tanner Morgan, where people thought he should have moved on from him and let him graduate earlier. Uh, maybe maybe have these growing pains at Ethan Calig Manis earlier than now. You know, like you give him a season before because did Tanner Morgan do anything under center that was of value completely? You know what I mean? Like, did he go to a Big Ten championship? Did he get anything out of it? Whereas could Ethan have probably gotten you that if it was his team then um, and been able to work through some of these growing pains and then have this be his next season? Um, I just don't know. Mo Ibrahim, did did that do anything for him or you? You know, if he just goes to the league, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he still gets hurt because he got hurt anyway. But could it have been different and you could have kept uh, – what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy that went to uh, Bucky Irving. You know, Kai Thomas yeah. and Bucky Irving. going. They went to other schools and they're playing. Bucky's balling. Uh, but could you have kept them if you're like, hey, we're, we're, you probably need to move on, man. We're, we're going to move on. We're going to go a different direction. Bucky Irving's our guy. Uh, he needs to get the carries. He's earned it. Um, but I know PJ Fleck wants to be loyal because that's the part of it. When you look at these guys like Tyler Newbin and some of these guys thinking about staying or coming here, they know that he's going to honor them. So there's two sides to the coin. And that's the problem is like, there's one side of it that is like, yeah, I'm going to honor my seniors because there was the Glenn Mason side of it that did not honor seniors. He would give it to the young guys and, and you let the young guys come in and ball out. And so there, there's two sides of that. 
Um, there's no right or wrong answer to it because I said I've seen both sides. I've seen Glenn Mason get get killed by players for letting younger guys play over older guys, and then I've seen PJ Fleck now get done dirty in the portal. I think that was one difference for Mason too. There was no portal, so older guys couldn't just leave. Um, now there's mm-hmm. a portal. Older guys can leave, younger guys can leave. So you really can't win. Like unless you are Nick and Nick Saban even did it to one of his players. You saw that. I don't know if you saw the handshake where he told his player to transfer. Hey, you'd be playing more here if you had stayed. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, it's just out of wow. did you see that video? No, but oh, I yeah. that sounds that sounds very much like Saban. Yeah, just Google Saban post game and I'm pretty sure it'll come up on Twitter right away. Yeah. Uh but yeah, he he shook the kid's hand. I don't know, I forgot, I didn't even look at who he was. Number one for LSU shook his hand and said, Hey, you'd be playing a lot more if you were here. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Like if you had stayed, you'd be playing right now, not sitting on this bench getting four plays a game. Um, but that's just hey, Saban's like, I'm gonna stick the I'm gonna mm, mm, kill a dead horse one more time. Yeah, you already feel bad because we beat you. Now you know, hey, you'd be playing way more for me, buddy. Um, but that's the thing, it's it's it is what it is with PJ Fleck and his team. I know we got to get out of here and get to the daily three, but Sam, in your mind, um, down the stretch, these last three games, what do the Gophers need to do to to kind of you know for people to have confidence? going into 2024 2025 season oh man i mean eighth it's ethan right like you hate to pile on but it's kind of all about him i think and and maybe it's a little play calling as well maybe it's the two of them working together Mm -hmm. but you i think you would have to see a really good finish for ethan to feel great about the prospects for next year if not then you know. Then you're kind of back to square one. Then do you go find a, a quarterback in the portal? Uh, who do you have coming up the ranks that can compete with him next year? I I don't know if you would feel great about your quarterback situation going into next year. You probably feel good about the running back. You feel good about the defense. Um, I'd like to see some more pass catchers. You know that that are reliable. But um, yeah, but it's it's kind of bleak right now, Ron. Like I don't feel really optimistic about anything. Beat Ohio State, changed my mind, but I have a hard time seeing that happening. Let's just focus on Purdue and get bowl eligible and then uh, see if they can pull an upset in Columbus. Well, it's happened before. We know that. 2000, Gophers went down to Ohio State, beat Ohio State in the shoe. Um, we know what it's going to take. It took a couple players to just make plays, took a defense to get after the quarterback. Um, that's going to be the key. Do you go in, but guns are blazing and just blitz the crap out of Ohio State? Say, look, we might lose anyway. <laughs> so let's just have fun and see if we can confuse the crap out of their quarterback. But do you leave your corners one-on-one with Marvin Harrison Jr.? And that's the other part of this, the coin. Uh, but now we got the daily three. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we got Purdue, Ohio State, and then uh, Wisconsin. We shall see what happens. We shall see. What happened, Sam? And this is a sad thing too, Sam. The, the way this team has played, unfortunately, like Purdue to me doesn't seem like a good team. So I feel like that should be one they should win. But Illinois should have been a win. Northwestern should have been a win. Yeah. Northwestern yeah, lost to Iowa, what, 10 to 7? Their quarterback threw for 61 right. yards. Like 61 yards. Sam, 61 yards. And they made him look like a Heisman candidate when he played the Gophers down that stretch, those last couple plays. Like, the last couple of drives, actually. So, yeah, I don't know. Because I could see them losing to Purdue. I could see – I know they're, they're probably going to lose to Ohio State. And then they could lose to Wisconsin. They could finish the season five and freaking seven. Five and freaking seven, Sam. Like, that's 
that that's the scary part about this season. Yeah. At this point, they can finish the season five and they right now. Yep, they can get yeah. away. Right now, they should be seven and what? Seven and three? No, seven and two. Yeah, seven and two. They should be seven and two. Mm-hmm. Northwestern Illinois. Seven and two. They'd be number one in the Big Ten West by far. Seven and two. Seven and two. All you have to do is beat Illinois and Northwestern, and you'd be seven and two. Right. Think about that. One, seven one and conference two. loss. One conference loss to Michigan. Oh my goodness. Seven and two, Sam. Seven and freaking two. Well, sign number one to the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Uh, but Sirius XM, we know it's a proud partner of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Just go to the any app market you're on and just search SXM, and you can get the app right there. Take it with you wherever you go. And, hey, check out the Minnesota Football Party four days a week from Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with the Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away. Let's start with this. Um, if you tuned into the Wolves last night, you were treated mm-hmm. to an absolute dazzling basketball game. It was a people were comparing it to a playoff game, playoff atmosphere, kind of half court basketball game, good defense, overtime. And Anthony Edwards puts on a show in OT, takes over on both ends of the floor, eight overtime points, big buckets, Wolves knock off the undefeated Celtics just like they knocked off the undefeated Nuggets. Can't wait for the Minnesota basketball party tomorrow to talk about all this, but Mm -hmm. what's your reaction to these Wolves that are suddenly coming alive and taking down the best teams in the league? I'm super excited. Uh, What what we saw is what I was hoping to see. You know the same. I bought this numerous times. 38 points. 38. But even if it finished the game in regulation, 30. Like you said, eight of the overtime points. 30 points in regulation for Anthony Edwards. You got 20 from Jay McDaniels. I think that's going to be a key guy down the stretch. The one thing, they got the win. Carlity Towns, seven, seven, and six. Six fouls. Seven, seven, and six. He had a single, single. (laughs) And it was six fouls, but seven points, seven rebounds, and six fouls. Like that, to me, is perplexing to feel like this team can do all that with Carl Anthony Towns doing nothing. But Anthony Edwards, 38 points. Mike Conley, you know, like I said, just a generous uh, eight points. But Jay McDaniels, like they're finding guys. And then Nas Reed was following up with the 14. They're finding guys to uh, make the plays. But, again, the Celtics, the only team to beat the Celtics, Wolves. The only team to beat the Nuggets, you know that is, Sam? Wolfies. Hey, I saw, I saw somebody tweet that giant slayers or giant killers. Hopefully, they then realize we can beat the little guys too, and they go out and they they put a put a stretch of games together, whether it's a giant or it's a nobody, and they win and they win and they win, and then we can play DJ Khaled nonstop. But no, I was super impressed uh, by this team. But again, Anthony Edwards to me, he's shown this is his team, and so now it's truly got to go. But Cat's got to stop with the whining, like stop with the crying. Stop with the pandering to the refs. It's never going to, like, they get, it's like a parent. They get sick of it at some point. They're like, dude, shut up. Just play. Yeah. And that's where the refs are going to get. And then if it gets to that, then it becomes a him versus the refs, and it can get really bad, and we don't want to see that. But I don't know. I I was excited. What did you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, on Cat, he had a couple obvious fouls, and his reaction is so oblivious. Like, he's shocked. And and I don't know if he's just frustrated with himself, and that's how he – 
shows that emotion. No, he doesn't. Um, he's unaware. But yeah, I mean, it was a clunker from Cat. But again, I thought Rudy was really effective on the defensive end. Uh, Conley, it, I, I read this today. Conley has not turned the ball over since the first game of the year. Wow. That's how steady he's been as a point guard. But Ant in takeover mode is when this team is just unstoppable. And we don't see it every game, but when he turns that on, man, it's fun to watch. He's so electric. Yeah. Um, and he's got that building wrapped around his little fingers. So I, I loved it. Uh, I'm excited to see what they can do going forward against you know some medium teams. The atmosphere won't be as charged. Can they rise to the occasion? Right. But to your point about Cat, I, I did it the other day at the gym. I walked in and I was waiting to play it in the game next and i was watching some of the uh the the calls being made like whether it was out of bounds traveling whatever it's amazing the the things that guys don't think they do and then they like whine and yeah. they argue with each other and there's like a bystander i'm like dude you you traveled like you, you took four steps like i know you didn't feel like it but you took four steps or like the foul like you said like i saw a guy literally bump a guy with his hip out of bounds i didn't touch you it's like dude you definitely hip checked them like what are you talking mm -hmm. about but that's that's where cat's at he's unaware of his like he's he's huge he's a big dude so he's just unaware and that's that's not a good place to be uh what you got next yeah let's go back to the vikings they went four and oh mm -hmm. with justin jefferson on the ir who or what do you think has been the biggest reason for their success without their best player i think they can go eight no Without Justin Jefferson. I've said this. They can go 8-0. No. I think they can win these next, up until the Bengals game. Like, we saw the Bengals are really good. Uh, but up until the Bengals game, I think they can win all of those games. And they could do them without Justin Jefferson. Like, I, I, I give it to Kevin O'Connell. Like, that's that's my success. Their success is Kevin O'Connell and Brian Flores. Like, this is the one time where I can give it to a coach, two coaches. Brian Flores is putting a master class together of some of these robber coverages. Like, you see Cam Bynum always in position to get an interception, but he doesn't make the play. Two weeks in a row, they ran the same play. Jordan Love almost throws interception to Cam Bynum. Uh, what's his name? Taylor Heineke almost throws interception to Cam Bynum. Same exact robber play, same exact result. Cam Bynum doesn't catch it. So it's just Brian Flores. He's calling a great chess game, and that's who I'm going to give it to. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I would say Flores. That'd be my number one. And then offensive line. I mean, yeah. they, their, yeah. their pass protection has been so good during this yeah, stretch and one. even bringing in Dalton Reisner, you know, he, he does well in that backup role. Now a starter, David Questenberry comes in, gives up one pressure in 75 snaps. So their depth has really shown through, which is super impressive. So you'd love to see it. And, uh, and by the way, Vikings are underdogs at home against the saints, two and mm. a half points on FanDuel. That's well, very I'm, interesting. I might take that one. What's yeah, the last yeah. one head down to Iowa. Uh, last one, big 10 schools are demanding punishment for Michigan stealing signs by sending a staffer to games. What do you think should happen to Michigan, Ron? I don't really care what happens to Michigan, to be honest, but if it is if it is a foul, it's a foul, whether we think it's right or wrong. I think you should, you're allowed to scout, but maybe the filming and the other stuff and not alerting the team to your presence because you're allowed to go wherever you want as a coach, but you're, like if P.J. Fleck were to go to watch Michigan State versus, versus Michigan, he has to tell them he's coming. Like he can't just show up and then try to film and do so. He has to like announce his arrival. Hey, I'm coming to your game, man. Like, can I, you know, blah, blah. Where do, where, where do you guys want me to sit? Um, it's something to that. Like, it's just courtesy. And Michigan did it dirty and 
I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. If you want to cheat, you want to cheat. I don't think it would have mattered, to be honest. Um, but also, I don't know. Like, I don't know. But they haven't had a close game. Like, if they were, if they were, if they were winning nail biters, I'd be like, man, they're really putting it to the, you know, they're really using, they're blowing people out. So I just don't know if it matters. I think they just wanted any type of edge, and maybe it's a mental edge they have now because they're like, oh, we know exactly what they're gonna do. I don't know. I have no idea. But I don't know. What do you think? Um, I mean, I have no idea either, like how the punishments work for this kind of thing. I know Harbaugh already got suspended this year, but no, that this- was a self imposed because the NCAA wanted more games and the school okay. couldn't agree. So they okay. self imposed. They, yeah, they settled and said, we'll, 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 we'll deliver our own punishment if that'll suffice. And then he was like, no, but whatever. And so they just did it. Yeah. Just set, yeah. So they set sneaky. them down sneaky, for the non conference games like they needed them anyway. But no, yeah. So I, the NCAA would... hasn't technically done it. So they still can punish them now because they haven't, they didn't technically do anything. That was just the school doing it to like hopefully get them off their back. It, it feels to me like if I were the governing body, probably a suspension for the coach, probably a, fine and probably loss of some scholarships i yeah. guess that's how you hit them but is it going to matter that much at michigan i don't know probably not. i don't know you probably can't adequately punish them uh, it's, it also sounds like it's kind of ambiguous right like probably. how how much wrongdoing how long it's been going on i haven't read up every single detail but right yeah it's messy me either. Well, people, we enjoyed today. Uh, make sure you find the Locked On Sports Minnesota 24-7 YouTube live stream for your favorite Minnesota sports shows around the clock. It's Vikings, Wild, Wolves, Twins, and Gophers at all hours of the day. I want to thank you guys. Have a great one.